You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today's episode, The Big Shot. Hello. Hi. Hey, Mary. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I- I'm good. What's up? I am, I'm calling to invite you. I want to know if you want to come to my barbecue on Friday night. This Friday? Yeah. The dinner party barbecue. I would love to, but I can't. Why? I have a prior commitment. What's that? What do you have to do? I don't What? I have a speaking engagement. Oh, come on. What do you mean, come on? You have a speaking engagement? Yes, I have a speaking engagement. Oh, you're such a big shot. Give me a break. You're too big for your britches. I'm too big for my britches. Yeah. And you know what? I bet you other people think that, too. You should ask around. Oh, maybe I'll do a poll. What are you, like a grade two teacher? But too big for... I fit my britches quite fine, thank you. You're a little full of yourself, you know? You're a big shot. When you asked me why I couldn't come, what was the first thing that I said? You have a speaking engagement. I said I have a prior commitment. Yes, okay? that's right. So obviously, you knew I was going to ask what it was. No, I said it so that we didn't have to get into it. I thought it was a classier way of no, just you letting you know. You said it, so I would I... say, because I'm polite, really, what is your commitment? Well, am I supposed to lie? I have a speaking engagement. It's just something that, you know, folks do. No, actually, not very many folks do it. Or maybe they do it and they don't talk about it as much as you do. But you asked me about it. I didn't ask you. I asked you to come to a dinner party. And once again, we're listening to something that you're doing. And you're you're Jonathan the Big Shot. Oh, the Big Shot. Look, you asked me a question and I responded. No, I invited you to supper. You know, Mary, I don't get upset with you. You know, for not being able to come to my speaking engagement. Don't you remember what happened last time I went to your speaking engagement? Yeah, I think you had a pretty good time. Really? You know what? Maybe I had a good time at the beginning. And then at the end, do you remember that lady who came up to you? Do you remember what happened? Mm, no. No, no I don't specifically not. remember. The lady came up to you. She said she loved your show, blah, 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 whatever. She wanted your autograph. And you say to me very innocently, Mary, do you have a pen? So I kindly reach into my purse to get you a pen. All right, fine. I didn't have a pen. That's right. Then you said, Mary, do you have a piece of paper? Again, not a problem. I didn't have any paper. That's fine. I reached into my purse. I got you a piece of paper. I was there for you. No problem. Do you remember what happened next? I don't. I, I must have signed the woman an autograph. Let me tell you how you signed her an autograph. You said, Mary, do you mind turning around and bending down a little bit and use my back as a table? Do you remember that? Well, I had nothing to write on. I'm a human being. I'm not a table. It was humiliating. Mary, that, I mean, that's what friends are for. You know? To I humili- you, humiliate one another? I no, don't I mean, you be my table, I be your table. You know what? You've never been my table. You know, if you were having a dinner party and there was no table, I would get down on, on my all fours oh, and I would be your table. Uh, you know what? The, exactly. But you know what the difference is? I would not ask my friends to be a table for me. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Your 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 barbecue is this Friday night. Yes, it is. All right, I'm gonna have sent to your house the thickest, juiciest steaks you have ever had in your life. Okay? Like, what is that? I don't understand. You're such a big shot. Like my hot dogs, my hamburgers. That's like too low key for you. You have to send over like big shot steaks. There's nothing big shot about a steak. It's just meat. Absolutely not. I don't want your steaks. Bring them to your speaking engagement. Hold on. Did you, where, were you guys swimming out there? What were you doing? Swimming. Oh, Helen's there? You in your clothes? You know, like, 
you can't find the time to come to come see your goddaughter. Instead, you want to send your steaks. Hold on. She, she has something to say to you, okay? Hold on. Come. Hello, big shot. My mom says you're a big shot. You Johnny big shot. He Helen. Johnny no, 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 no. Johnny big Helen, shot. No, no, one. Johnny big shot. Put mommy back on you the phone. You are a big shot. Helen. You no, no, are one. A big you shot. Ones that you know that told a little story just within the name itself. Um, 
shoeless, shirtless, pantless Buster Bear ass. You know, poor guy. And so it was a lot of fun at first. Mm -hmm. yeah, but then it very quickly grew very difficult. I imagine. Do you remember at what point, what number you had hit when it became more grueling? By about 250 or so, mm -hmm. I realized I had begun repeating myself a lot. Uh, there were at least three hobos who were referred to as the Beast, like Charlie the Beast or Alistair Crowley the Beast. Right. So that's sort of like cheating. Yeah. Uh -huh. The limits of my imagination became very quickly delineated. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with women hobo names, mm -hmm. and I, I consider that to be a, a failing. And by 400, as I pressed on, wow, I, I, I really thought that I, I couldn't go forward. You can hide your lack of imagination in writing a short story or a magazine article or or what have you, in a way that you cannot hide your lack of imagination in a list of 700 hobo names. But, I mean, that, that this was a task that you had created for yourself. No one had to know that you had set out to do 700 and, say, ended it at 400, right? Like, why, why press on? Whoa, 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 Jonathan, wait a minute. I will happily half-ass a task. There are very few tasks that I have fulfilled that I would say, in fact, are full-assed. I'm always in a zone of three-quarter assing it, I would say. But if there is a number uh -huh. that is given and established as arbitrary as it may be, I will allow myself to be cursed by that number. I thought it would be done in an afternoon, but it was weeks of full-time work sitting, thinking up hobo names. And once you had 400 of them, if you chose to stop, you would be left uh, with a sense of failure. But no one would know that you had failed. Obviously, the answer to that is I would know. I admire your your um, your stick to itness, but don't you think that a little bit of this has falls under the heading of of pride, or or perhaps even dare I say foolish pride? Well, yes, obviously. Obviously. So then the question was, well, why am I spending weeks of my time writing something of absolutely no value? And that was when I realized that I had gone crazy. I had become a kind of hobo on a road that seemed to be endless, that no one would care about, and no one would ever even perhaps know about, because I, I, do, I don't think I would have been able to bear putting hobo names in the book if the number were less than 700. Picture a man in a room with cats coming up with hobo names for hours on end while his family starved. This is the form that my derangement took. What was supposed to be a simple joke ended up being a, an unforgivable act, an arbitrary task that came to rule my life. Can I just ask you one final question? Yes. After 700, do you think like you'd 
you, you could actually squeeze out one more for us right now, right here. Do you have do you have it in you? I fear that you were going to ask me that. Can you give me a hobo name? Um, possum. Possum fancying Jonathan Goldstein, the radio man. I feel like I've been knighted. Do you have some with you? Would you be able to favor us with some hobo names? Yes. Okay, go for it. Boxcar Ted. Boxcar Mick. Boxcar Aldous Huxley. J.R. Lintstockings. X, the anonymous man or woman. Del Beard. Duke Jeremiah Choo Choo. Ponzi Scheme Jeremiah Ponzi. Knee Brace Kenny. Cleats Onion Pocket. Frog Eaten Lou the Beast. Max Meat Boots the First Class Lounger. Uh, I'm in the studio today with Howard Chakowitz. Uh, Howard is often heard on the radio program over the telephone. Nice to have you here, Howard. I'm, I'm really wired right now. First of all, let me say it's great to be here in the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation studios. But I, I have to say, as exciting as it is, it's not even cl- close to, to what I experienced today. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I, I just had to come down and tell you. This is, yeah, this is the kind of thing that you, you know, that you see in person. This is not, I, I, Okay. You know, if I can just say three words, I know this is going to blow your mind. John. Patrick Redger. What do you think of that? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm. John Patrick Redger. Am I supposed to know who that is? It's <laughs> like saying, uh, "Do you know what the moon is? Do you know what the sun is?" I mean, uh, yeah. I think you should know what that is. Yeah. I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, um, um well, well, maybe. Okay. One sec. In all fairness. Okay. Here. Okay. Rudolph Rudy Garmish. No? I, I'm <laughs> sorry, I really... I'm sorry. But, but what's the big news, though? I mean, that kind of was the big news. You know, uh, the, the, you know hot dog. I, I mean, doesn't, it doesn't... Hot dog? Hot dogs? H- hot dog. Hot dog the movie? Rudy, you know, Rudolph Garmisch from Hot Dog the Movie. Hot Dog the Movie. You don't, I can't believe that you wouldn't remember. Wait a second, wasn't that like a teen film from like the mid-80s? Like about skiing? Am I right? Yeah. A lot of like gratuitous nudity, there was maybe some, uh, some cool skiing and stuff like that, no? I suppose, yeah. It was like a a low-budget Canadian film. I mean, I, personally, from my point of view, I'm, I, I think it's one of the all-time great comedies. But I, I and and so my mom, she, she didn't want to let us go, and she gave me this whole speech about the, about the. Remember, she was like, "I know about that movie, you know, craziness in the women, sure, sure. I know we want to go see that movie. Uh, you don't remember that? You, know, the, 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 you don't remember we? And we went down, and we took the 24 bus, and it, was, and it took an hour and a half, and we sat next down to the, to the to the bum guy, and he wanted to know if we had cigarettes. We were only like 12 years old, and then the bus driver pulled over because I was short five cents, and he wouldn't let us go until I paid the five cents. And then we came out, and Bubblicious just came on the market, and you had it, and it was all warm from your pocket. We didn't want to eat it, but it was delicious anyway. You don't remember? You don't remember this stuff? You know, I thought we met in college. 
No, we, we, we saw this movie. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, uh, now I feel bad. Like, well, you, you obviously wanted some kind of reaction from me. I just thought, like, the second I'd say it, I thought you were just going to explode with excitement and, and uh, just garmish. Why do you bring him up? Well, uh, basically, uh, I got a call from my paperboy uh, early in the morning, like around 6 a.m., and he has a cold or, or German measles or something like that. Anyway, and he asked me if I want to do his route, which I've done before. Mm -hmm. um, route? Route? I want to be right for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. I think either one is fine. Uh, so, uh, uh, so I took over his route for him, which involves uh, part of the downtown core mm -hmm. and uh, some of the hotels. And there he is at the bar. I see John Patrick Redger, and I just walk up to him. I look him square in the eye, and I, I said, I had sunny side up. I had sunny side down. I had sunny side all the way around. That was, I guess, one of his famous lines from, from, uh, from the movie, from Hot Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, so this is great. This, this man, I mean, he's been a Dr. Quinn, Alien Nation. He was an extra on Knight Rider. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Okay, so th so that's that's why you're all worked up because you ran into this guy. I, I, uh, okay, I, I, you know, I kind of, I, I, I think I kind of see what's going on here, you know. I mean, I, can, can I, you know, do, you know, do you mind, I have a, you mind if I just theorize here for a moment? If I just kind of, just speak freely for a moment? Always. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, claim to be some great, you know, psychotherapist, but I think by diminishing him, I think that's a, that's a, a method of diminishing me. And if I may say that the, the 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 newfound presence of this celebrity in your life, in He's your protected, you know, shuttered in behind the studio walls, that there's not even a little bit, just a little bit of a threat there from this fellow. I would say none whatsoever. Not even a smidgen from this great actor. Howard, I, I, I can't say that there is. Just a little bit of resentment, a little bit of self-preservation there. I might, just a I, touch. I, you know what, I think that's a little overboard. A little bit. Give me that. Just a little bit. A little bit. You have to acknowledge, I've just met this incredible person, a gentleman, a scholar, a handsome man. You know, I feel threatened. Okay, okay, hang on a second. What, what's he doing in, in, in a Montreal hotel bar at 7 o'clock in the morning? How can things be going so great for this, for this, uh, for this master thespian of yours? It's so clear to me now, John. I mean, like you know, your the venom is just is. I can just taste it. What venom? You know? No, I'm just. I'm. I mean, I'm just. I can just tell well, by I mean, the acid just... in your voice that you know that you, it, this is good. This is good. This is the first step to acknowledge the, the pain. You know, and and then I, from there no, we can There's move no on. pain. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. You know. I'm. I mean, you're accusing well, me of. Just, now we just regress back to denial again. You know. I mean, I'm trying to force something. I don't know. I mean, I just thought. You know, here's like a really, you know, internationally recognized kind of personality. I mean, from childhood, from our childhood, and you know, you know, I've always looked up to you. You know, you're you're you know, you're a big celeb now, and I'm like, Howard. That's not that's not true. No, 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 no. It's you know, no no point. You know, dancing around the truth. You know, I mean, you're a celeb, and I'm like a celeb. You know, and and, oh, ha ha and no, I, you know, that, you're, you're always hobnobbing on. with famous people, and I'm a small, you know, small small paper man. This 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 workaday stiff, just trying to find some kind of sunshine in my in my life, you know. And oh, I just thought a little. Wait a second. Wait, Howard. You know? Wait. Wait a second. What? What do you? 
hot dog. I, Howard, I remember the day we went to see Hot Dog. You don't, you don't have to. Okay, wait, wait. I think it's coming back to me. Your your mom didn't want us to go. That's right. And, and, but we took the bus there anyway. That's right. Right, right, right. And there was, and there was, there was gum. There was chewing gum. That's the, right. The movie theater was, was, was very nice and air-conditioned. It was a very air-conditioned movie That's theater. That's right. And, and, and I think I, 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 wanted the, I wanted the small popcorn, but you said, let's have the big popcorn. That's you. You really remember, you really remember, I mean, do you remember this? They had more fun off the slopes than on the than on the slopes. That's right. Right. You remember it. You know, in in a way, it was sort of like I I remembered, but I forgot that I remembered, and now I remembered that I remembered. You know, you helped me remember that I remembered, and I th thank you. I guess. Oh, my, I mean, thank you, thank you for you know. If if you lose your direction, I mean, you know, what happens to me? You know, if if you know, if I don't follow your shadow, I mean, then I'm just basically in sunlight. Since I have turned 12, I have realized that the world is full of big shots. I overhear my Uncle Lester telling a girl at the park the story of his life. But it's just stuff from a documentary about Bobby Fischer we saw on TV the night before. My Uncle Lester likes to talk about how he went bankrupt trying to sell umbrellas at the flea market. He thinks that only rich and sophisticated people go bankrupt. Hannah's sister set fire to an apartment building by leaving a curling iron on the kitchen counter. Even though now she has to stay at her aunt's house, she still thinks owning a curling iron makes her a fox. Sherwin's mother bought an exercise spring off the TV, but she never uses it. Sherwin lies in the front yard exercising with it, and we all beg for a turn. It is the first time in his life that he has been able to inspire jealousy in others. We have our telephone listed under the made-up name Herman Hirschwin. My dad says it's a matter of security, but I doubt that somehow. He just likes to think that people are looking for him. My dad likes to talk about heavy things he's lifted in the past. To hear him tell it, lugging this one refrigerator up to his third-floor apartment was like the old man in the sea. My mother went to New York, and when she came back, she spray-painted everything gold. She spray-painted her steering wheel, her wallet, and her shoes all gold. She thinks she's a rock star now, and people should be asking for her autograph. My mother met Engelbert Humperdinck one night when she was on her way to the laundromat. He asked her out on a date, but she turned him down. She is always telling that story. Today, Ralphie wore a motorcycle helmet while riding his bicycle. As he rode down the street, we all yelled and threw garbage at him. He is not allowed to be something that he is not. Sherwin sits on his steps practicing his cursive writing. The teacher said he has the best cursive in the class. Now he doesn't have any time to spend with me. He'll regret that he was such a big shot later on, when he's old and alone. I caught a cricket in a jar in the backyard. I have been changing its name all day. Right now, he is named Sid Vicious. 
You can seem really tough if you give your pet a macho-sounding name. When we first got our puppy, we named him Buttons because he was so cute. After he bit my cousin Simon, we changed his name to Terminator. Terminator doesn't like to be tied up. His problem is that he doesn't want to be a dog. He wants to be a human. He wants to be able to ride a bicycle and hold up corner stores. I can tell just by looking at him. My sister Jenny always wants to hitchhike to school. She wants to hitchhike home from the park, even though it's only three blocks away from our house. She sticks out her thumb and juts out her hips. She says the best-looking girls are natural hitchhikers. Jenny and I are always climbing up on other people's cars. People are afraid of you when you're on top of their car. I think it has something to do with Darwinism. I don't see how you can make a living bullfighting. Bullfighters must be on welfare. All the talented soccer players in the park must be on welfare too, and the astronauts and tap dancers—all a bunch of welfare cases. I was supposed to apply rust paint to a couple spots on my dad's car, but I ended up covering the entire door just to be safe. My dad yelled at me for a week about it. But now we have no trouble finding our car in the parking lot. Claudio comes by riding his father's bicycle. It has a baby seat on the back of it. I feel bad for him because I know how much he wants to be a tough guy. Veronica's dad is a Vietnam vet. He wears the same baseball cap every day. He walks down the street looking straight ahead of him. I have never even seen him use his neck. He uses a sock as a wallet. My mother drew a tattoo of a sparrow on my shoulder with a ballpoint pen. She said that I'm going to be the kind of girl who looks good with tattoos. I hope that she is right. My dad thinks that educated people eat fondue every night. He is obsessed with serving it. We have to wait until ten o'clock to eat, because you can only eat fondue in the dark. Today, my sister Jenny came home with a tattoo of a scorpion below her belly button. You would never guess that she's fifteen anymore. She's genuinely one of the cool kids these days. Jenny finds the business cards that I have made for myself. She says that you can't have a business card unless you have a job. I tell her that my job is handing out business cards. What is a big shot in a neighborhood of losers? If you were really a big shot, I wouldn't know you, would I? I hold a cricket in my cupped fist and examine it carefully. A cricket is nothing but a safety pin that believes in God. God has a mustache, and he tucks his pants into his boots. God dyes his hair with a small bottle of black hair dye from the pharmacy. He has a ripped briefcase full of stars and a package of rolling tobacco. I know he does. There's just so much cheesy stuff in the world, and if we were all made in his image, 
then he must be a little foolish too. Tap today. You heard Montreal author Heather O'Neill reading her work, Big Shots on the Block. Also heard on today's program were Mary Claude Pallet, Helen Pallet Wiesel, Howard Chakowitz, and John Hodgman, author of the book, The Areas of My Expertise. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren.